All right, good evening, everybody. Um, it's really, it's, uh, it's really good to be in the mountains. It's like cold. You know, there's leaves everywhere. Um, huh? Is it too cold? Okay. Feels great. It is real fall. It's not like kind of fall. It's like real fall. Okay. All right. Um, so tonight uh, we'll be, if you'll turn to your booklets, uh, we'll be doing uh, session one. And so uh, what we're going to be uh, talking about this weekend um, is our heart. Um, and uh, tonight is going to be uh, a little particular in that uh, we're going to talk about uh, some things and make sure like, hey, here's what this is. If you're going to uh, take some kind of... Um, some notes. Uh, I'll, I'm going to be try to be helpful for you and uh, and follow along. But tonight we really need to are really going to talk about kind of understanding more or less uh, uh, the the what the heart is. And so if we are um, to care uh, for our heart, uh, that we need to understand it. And most of us, I think, would agree that. Uh, Everything of who we are, right, uh, is lived from here. And so, but a lot of times we go through this life and we're not really sure what's going on. We're making rash decisions. <laughs> uh, we're trying to use logic. Uh, there's this mix of uh, feeling and emotion, uh, people telling us things we should do. And how does all that work out in what, uh, what I do and how I am in the world? And so uh, we want to start off uh, just in the few times that we'll be together in helping us kind of understand where, uh, what that looks like. And so we'll have a couple models. Uh, we'll work through a good bit of scripture, uh, but we'll be uh, fairly, uh, fairly brief. And then we'll get into uh, a couple of fun things this evening and call it a night. Uh, but I'll pray for us. And, um, and as we go through this, uh, you know, feel free if you uh, need something clarified or kind of respoken, it'll be, there'll be uh, kind of that, that level of specificity for a little bit. And so don't, don't think like you're interrupting me. It'll be kind of that session this evening. So let me pray for us and um, we'll get started. Lord, as I have sought to live my life, um, I am a mystery to myself. Lord, for much of um, the t my time here on earth, I really uh, didn't know why I did what I did. Lord, I didn't really understand uh, the people around me and why they did what they did. But Lord, as you have made us, Lord, as you have spoken to us in many ways, uh, Lord, you long for us to know ourselves. Lord, so that we uh, can engage with you in the way that you've uh, called us to. And so, Father, I pray that you would make um, something that uh, seems uh, complicated and beyond us, Father, to be, uh, to be able to be known. Father, that you would give us insights into ourselves, uh, Lord, to know kind of what makes up uh, who and what we are. And so, Father, would you bless us in that way this, uh, this evening. In Christ's name, amen. Uh, so the, the Bible um, refers to the heart uh, over, uh, or, or actually slightly under a thousand times in Scripture. And every time it's talking about our, our inner self. 
And there are many words, we'll get to kind of a lot of the words that it uses. It doesn't, word, it doesn't use uh, the word heart all the time. Um, but, uh, it, uh, but it is uh, our inner being, right? It is describing our inner self. And so we'll talk about a couple things uh, here. Um, in your notes, you've got a couple diagrams. We'll come to these kind of at the end. Um, as we're talking through some stuff, if you want to write some down, there's a couple pages there for you. So, um, so a couple a little, little smattering of uh, some scriptures that you're familiar with as it relates to um, our heart. So our heart uh, plays a crucial role uh, in what we treasure and what we say. And so Matthew 6.21, this is one you're most familiar with. From where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Right, what we treasure, the things that we love, those are the things that have our heart, right? That have our inner being. Matthew six twenty one. Very much like it, Luke six forty five. So Matthew six twenty one. Luke six forty five says, "The good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth what is good." And the evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth what is evil. For his mouth speaks from that which fills his heart. That's Luke 6.45. Our heart reveals our inner beauty. 1 Peter 3.4. 1 Peter 3.4. But let it be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is, the precious, which is precious in the sight of God. Let the hidden person of the heart, which is with the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is precious in the sight of God. 1 Peter 3, 4. So the heart plays a crucial role in what we treasure, what we say, in our inner beauty, in repentance. Deuteronomy, 3, uh, Deuteronomy 30, verse 2. And you return to the Lord your God and obey Him with all your heart and soul according to all that I've commanded you today and your sons. And Deuteronomy 30, verse 10. If you obey the, uh, the Lord your God and keep His commandments and His statutes that are written in this book of the law, if you turn to the Lord with all your heart and all your soul. The heart plays a crucial role, right, in what we treasure and what we say of what God finds beautiful in repentance. Our heart plays a crucial role in our faith. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. There'll be random announcements throughout. You know, so we'll That's right, that's right. That's right, that's right. Deuteronomy uh, 30 verse 2 and 30 verse 10. Huh? That's right, Slugs and Bugs song. Um, if y'all, a quick plug for Slugs and Bugs. Uh, it's a great CD. Uh, it's just scripture. He has a couple of, uh, what's the guy's name, McClendon? Randy. 
Randall Goodgame. Uh, he is a prolific writer. He writes a lot of uh, songs uh, just full, full of scripture. I highly recommend it. Kids like them too. <laughs> So our heart is so crucial uh, in service. Deuteronomy 10.12 Now Israel, what does the Lord your God require from you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all His ways, to love Him and to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Our heart deals with obedience. That last one was Deuteronomy 10.12. Psalm Psalm 119.34 the psalmist says, Give me understanding that I might observe your law and keep it with all my heart. Our heart is active in worship. I will give thanks to you, O Lord my God, with all my heart and will glorify your name forever. Psalm eighty-six, twelve. Yeah, Psalm 86, 12. A heart of his a- is active in love, Deuteronomy 10, 12. Now Israel, what does the Lord your God require from you but the fear of the Lord your God, to walk in all His ways, to love Him with all your heart and soul? In Matthew twenty two thirty seven. Right, the greatest commandment we shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. It's the same part. In our daily walk, Isaiah thirty eight three. Isaiah thirty eight three. And remember now, O Lord, I beseech you how I have walked before you in truth and with a whole heart. And I have done what is good in your sight. Deuteronomy 4.29 Our heart seeks the Lord. But from there you will seek the Lord your God and you will find Him if you search for Him with all your heart. Jeremiah 29.13 One of my favorite promises in the Bible. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. Not only will we, if we, will we search for him, but we will be, he will be found by us. And then lastly, Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. Right, all of these things over and over again is, is asking us to serve him and love him. To put our faith in him, to be obedient to him to worship Him with all our heart. So uh, here is our, um, our analogy for the weekend of what our heart is. Our heart, uh, anybody had, uh, has uh, played with slime in the last, I don't know, two months? Raise your hand. Glenda can't raise his hand fast enough. All right, we've got a few. We've got a few. Um, the the part the 
the quality of, of slime, if you ever played with it and, and accidentally dropped it on the ground, what happens? It, everything, everything, everything sticks to it. <laughs> Especially everything, right? <laughs> everything it touches sticks to it. But it's also a sponge. If you can imagine, right, that, uh, if we could make a sponge out of that material. Because all, all, although everything sticks to it, right, everything kind of, uh, it, it soaks it in. And so our heart is a really sticky sponge. It takes in uh, what is around us, can hold things easily, but not that many things, not that many different things. If you'll think about what has captured your heart over your life, that it can, several things can capture at once, right, but not, not, not 10 or 20 things, right? And you can love those things deeply, right? They can be strong idols for you. And so they, they attach quickly, they soak up the things around them, and so our heart is a really sticky sponge. But it can't hold all things all at once. If you've noticed that uh, it's hard for us to, to love uh, two things deeply, right? That it's not capable of all things, but... So it's not captivated, nor is it capable of treasuring more than a few things. So we're going to get to kind of then... What is the heart? And so uh, I want you to write down like model one. And so your heart includes your mind, your will, and your desires. And so the rest of the time kind of we'll be talking won't be, won't be quite what we're doing tonight, but it's important for us to kind of lay good groundwork for some other conversations. But our, mind, our heart includes our mind, our will, and our desires. Heart includes mind, will, desire. So that's model one. So we'll give you kind of a couple ways to kind of think about your, your heart. All right, your mind is just uh, uh, what you know. Okay, so mind is what you know. And so um, where we struggle here is falling short of what we know. Right, so as we think about what our mind is and, and how, the, how the mind, say, sins. Right, so, the, so with the mind, we know things. Right, but we also fall short of those things that we know. The second part is desires. This is what we love. Desires is what we love. And so what we do with what we love is we twist it or we pervert it. Right? This is what's called iniquity. Loving the wrong things too much, this is called idolatry. Desires what you love. And lastly, the will is what you choose. And how we sin with this part of our heart is we rebel. So our heart is made up of mind, desires, and will. This is model one. When it goes wrong, we fall short of what we know. With the desires, this is what we love. When we fall short, we twist or pervert. When we love incorrectly, 
When we love the wrong thing too much, this is called idolatry. And the last part of our heart is our will. It's what we choose. Right? And what, how this goes wrong is we rebel. Right? We choose the wrong things. We choose what, we choose what we are not supposed to choose. And so all these things make up our heart. It's not this one little thing. With our heart, uh, our heart includes our mind. Okay? Biblically speaking. Our heart includes our desires and our heart includes our wills. They aren't all the same thing, but each of those things, each of those components makes up our heart. Okay? Does that make sense? Questions about that? All right, so that's model one. Model two. Model two, this would be more of like our inner being, and this is referred to heart, spirit, or will. Right? So these are... uh, the same thing, we're just using uh, uh, adding spirit here. So heart, spirit, and will kind of make up uh, our heart. Different aspects of the same component. All right, so in this model, our heart is going to uh, refer to the position of our inner being at its core. Right, every other uh, part of us, right, functions according to the heart. It's the executive center of our life. Right? It is the president. The heart is where decisions and choices are made for our whole person. Right? Have you ever thought about where from which you make choices? So on a test, right, there's a body of knowledge that pre, that's presupposed and you're making choices out of that body of knowledge, right, to answer questions on a test. So out of, on the test of life, <laughs> we are answering questions, um, performing actions out of our heart. That is its function. But our hearts are divided. Why are our hearts divided? Because we can't figure out what to love consistently. There are many things that uh, we like, that we desire above other things. And so what happens when our hearts are divided? When they can't make up their mind what they love? When there's many things uh, vying for I'm pressing upon their will. So that is the heart. The spirit part refers to the fundamental, uh, f- refers to its fundamental nature as distinct and independent from physical reality. So spirit is that which makes us us that doesn't include our body. Okay. It's our fundamental nature. And then lastly, the will here refers to uh, that uh, to its ability to initiate, to create, and to bring about what did not exist before. Right? Will is our agency, right? The power to do things. Given the information I have, then it acts out of that, right? The will is the thing that 
initiates, creates, brings into existence. So we have two models about what our heart is. It's not the stagnant thing. It has many components. That there is no division biblically of our mind and our heart. Many times when we do that, right, the, my mind says one thing, but my heart wants another. What are we referring to when we use that kind of language? What do we mean? Fighting our conscience? Huh? We're fighting our conscience? Possibly. What else might we mean? Yeah. Okay. Our heart is divided. Right? That's what we're really saying. Because it's the same thing. There's a part of me, maybe the smart part or the logical part or the wise part, <laughs> that, that wants something that it should want, but then the heart wants something else. And what does, what does our world tell us which one we should go with? <laughs> And God would say, you're right, <laughs> except they're the same thing, and it, it's a divided heart. And that's what, what the problem is. It's not, hey, here's what I, uh, that there's this thing that I should want, and there's this thing, but the heart wants what it wants, right? All right, so let's come to our first, um, our first of two uh, little diagram. So the circle one right here. So this is talking about what makes us uh, us. This is the six dimensions of a person. And so some of these will be on here, but if you'll uh, kind of write out on the side, so six things, just one, two, three, six. So first is thought. Second is feeling, and I'll come back through these. Thought, feeling. Third is choice. Four is body. Five is social context. And six is soul. So number one is thought. Two, feeling. Three, choice. Four, body. Five, social context. Six, soul. And so they're all included in there. We're kind of numbering one out. So the first dimension we want to talk about just real briefly is our, our thoughts. Right, our thoughts are how uh, we process things. If I tell you to not think about something and describe something, right, you can't help but think about it. Somebody has, it's in there. So thoughts are images, concepts, judgments, and inferences. Thoughts are images, concepts, judgments, and inferences. We all have thoughts. Every day, all day. How many of you love your thought life? Own it. <laughs> right, so, so she said, but I, I, she's like, I like my thought life. I, I love to think. But that, that is volitional thoughts, right? I'm, I'm 
put, I'm putting thoughts into my head, and that, that's fun. I love to think, too. Who else? Ashton loves to think. Anybody else like love to think? McClendon, come on now. <laughs> but but what, about your thought, what about your passive thought life? That's your active thought life. Ariel likes her active thought life. She quickly said, mm-mm, mm-mm. I don't like my passive thought life. Somebody describe their, uh, their passive thought life, not with like details, okay, <laughs> but like what, 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 what's going on here, Bia then, then Hannah? Constant overthinking. Okay, Absolutely. but what's happening? What's happening? Yeah, yeah, so. My brain starts to spiral and starts to think, okay, um, I said this and like the person replied with this, so does that mean they thought this or that, does that mean they thought that? Yeah. What yeah. Yeah. Right. So you're doing the play-by-play. That's what it's called, the play-by-play. The rehash. The rehash. All right. Mine goes like, I think of one thing and then I think of another thing and another and another. Okay. This is like thought explosions. You're like, umbrella. Parachute pants, snails, really sticky sponge. Man. Anybody but McClendon, yes. Okay. Yeah. When I'm hungry, when I'm actually supposed to be McClendon. Spider-Man. You ever seen the, the uh, like human thought life, like thought bubble, and then dog thought bubble? McClendon. He's just Spider-Man. That's just all. That was, <laughs> Carissa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So our passive thought life, right? It is, it's a, it's a, it's a thing, right? All of us are, uh, and it feels passive, right? So we're just having these thoughts as I'm taking in uh, input, as I'm sitting quietly and maybe more stuff comes into my mind, uh, thinking about things that I saw, thinking about things that I thought. Images, concepts, judgments, inferences. Every thought we have generates a feeling. Every one of them. And it pushes us towards stuff, and it pulls us away from things. Right? I, I'm thinking of ice cream. I like that. Uh, McClendon's thinking of a bath. Don't like that. <laughs> Spider-Man. Uh, our feelings, so this is a, 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 the second dimension of us, a sensation, right? Emotion. We don't just generally feel things. Our feelings come from thoughts. I'm thinking about something that uh, I'm thinking about my grandmother. And she passed away about 20 years ago now. And that elicits emotions. It elicits sadness that not having her. It also can elicit um, strength. It can elicit happiness. Um, depending upon what I think about circumstances, about stories. 
right? Our thoughts elicit feelings. They are interdependent. Most of us think that we have absolutely no control of our thoughts and that we have no control over our feelings. This is not true. You may think of uh, Scripture that might back this up. Take every thought captive. How about that? That was the best one. Very good, guys. The third dimension of us is uh, choice. Right? This is our will, decisions, and our character. Right? Our will is, is uh, our, uh, our exercised freedom. Right? When you say, I will something. What does that mean? Yeah, that you decide it. The water is 50 degrees. My head says, don't jump in that water. I saw the other guy jump in. It looks like he's reacting as if it's very, very cold. (laughs) That is eliciting emotions in me. I'm laughing at him. I'm also sad because I'm supposed to jump in. That's what my will has to decide. Right, so the will is, right, that part of us that regardless of what my thoughts, right, or my feelings are, my thoughts and my feelings can sway me, sway my will, but my will also can act contrary to those thoughts or those feelings. Right, but it is the space in which I act in some way. Right? I can will myself to think, to take my thoughts captive. I can will to do or to not do something. I can will to say yes. I can will to say no. Right? My will makes decisions. Okay? That is the part of me that uh, has what's called volition. It also is the part of me that is responsible it, it is the part that says you are responsible because you can will things. You can will and you can, you can do things and you can also decide not to do things. This is the part. Our will is, with, is the thing, the part of us that decides to sin. Our will makes decisions and that leads to character. What is character in, in, that, in that part of us? Right? It's consistent willing. Right? It's consistent decision making. If someone says, hey, I know Mason's character, what are they saying? They know, like, they know what he consistently decides to do. Right? Both good and bad. <laughs> Matthew's like, yeah. All right, the fourth part is our body. So as we, as our will, right, acts, right, we make decisions. Those decisions over time form our character, but it is our bodies, right, that carry out these decisions. Body says, hey, let's eat some cereal. 
let's will it. All right, but then I've got to like go get the cereal, pick out some kind, pour it in a bowl, right? This is all willful actions. What now? <laughs> all right, all right. Right, so our body is action and interaction with the physical world, right? There's a whole lot of good stuff going on. Sometimes we are cognizant of it, sometimes we're not, before we act in the world. Right, like think about it as I'm looking at you like, man, I, I like me some Alex McKay. Right, I might be thinking that, but then I'm like, what am I going to do about it? Am I going to point at him? Am I going to smile at him? Am I going <laughs> to wag at him? <laughs> That's the full body wag, right? It's good to see you. It's good to see you. Right, our... Right, we can also, it's like... I really hate Brewer. But I've got to think that, right? I've got to think it. And it's just the same. I've got to think about like why I hate him, right? And the things that he's done to me. Right, but there's a, a whole different point of, of view as my body acts on those, right, thoughts, feelings, to make a willful decision. Like those things are different. That we can hate people, Right, or love people, but not like do anything outwardly to show them. We're like, should I write that note? Should I do the boxes? <laughs> to find out? <laughs> yes, no, maybe. The fifth part is our social context. So thought, feeling, choice, body, and our social context. So this is our bodies interacting with multiple people, Right? You might, you might have described people as, uh, hey, that person is good socially. What do you mean? They don't have to interact with people. Hey, how about that? Very good. All right, so our personal and, and structural relations to others. All right, so our body does individual acts, but it does acts all the time. And as we do that, right, and as we interact with people, and those interactions are positive, right, people typically... Engage with us well. And the last dimension is our soul. Right, in this way, our soul is the, the, uh, the fact that it integrates all of all of those things into one life. Right, that is who we are. And so that should be helpful to think about the components of us because... Um, as I slap somebody, right? right? That generally isn't good. Nine times out of ten, probably sinning when I slap somebody. Eight times out of ten. Right, but if I slap everybody, right? Nobody likes me. <laughs> right, but each one of those things as I... If that is, if I'm a, a person that slaps people, right? If I slap everybody, right? As we think back about, uh, you know, where, who I am, right? Those are some initial thoughts, right? That's leading to those, right? Interactions with the world. And so we are, we are complex, but we can know ourselves. 
And so as you're thinking, just real quickly before we uh, just kind of finish up with a few things, um, how might that be helpful to you? Just as you're, again, you've just kind of maybe written some notes and maybe started to engage with different parts of who I am. But with, but with our, um, but it's with our whole selves that we sin, right? And it's with our whole selves that we love God. All right, it's with our whole selves that we do anything. And so no longer do I want us to sit by passively and just kind of uh, whine and moan about, well, why do I do this or why does this happen? Right, I want you to understand yourself. God wants you to understand who you are and that you are responsible for you, Okay. As he's encouraging us in the scriptures, each of those things, right, he's pointing at each one of us, right, and asking us, right, to do these things with our whole heart. And he's asking us because we can do them. Much to our chagrin, it's easier to say that I can't, (laughs) but God thinks you can. So any thoughts about how that might be helpful to you if you were to understand it. You maybe have written some of it down, but what if you were to understand yourself better and to be responsible for yourself? Any thoughts about that? Like if you could do that? Yeah. If you're like, hey, I understand this and like I just know better as opposed to just life happening and me just doing stuff that I actually like understand how I can interact well. (laughs) How might that be helpful to you? How about that? That's the best answer I've ever heard. Let's give him a... I mean, it's that simple. Like, oh, I could actually do God's will and not, not do God's will, which is sin. <laughs> Dallas Willard says this, actions are not impositions of who we are, but our expressions of who we are. Actions are not impositions of who we are, but our expressions of who we are. Can you define imposition? Are not impositions? So, um, man, that's a big word. Somebody Google it. We can't Google it? Somebody's got Wi-Fi. So, so, so imposition, so I might, hold on, I think I can do it. Uh, so it's, it's, a, it's a, an interruption to what's normal, right? So if I'm doing something and I'm reading and somebody comes over and like, hey, excuse me, like they're imposing upon me. Yeah. All right. Shh, shh. All right, let's bring it back. Actions are not impositions of who we are, but are expressions of who we are. Our actions come out of our heart and the inner realities it supervises and interacts with. Let me read that again. Actions are not impositions on who we are, but are expressions of who we are. They come out of our heart and the inner realities it supervises and interacts with. And so this is uh, the spot where uh, we're coming, uh, coming up uh, to be done, is the second... Um, Diagram, and this will uh, kind of explain this. So, this diagram, right, is uh, 
what I might say, what the, uh, what the human system that we described, those six components of how it, how it engages uh, outside of God. So meaning God is, is, seeks to, uh, sought to in, in the garden, and he created us to engage like this, that he is supposed to center us, right? That as we learn to be dependent on him, he helps all of the thing, all the components of us work as they're supposed to work, Okay. And so this is a diagram of how it works without him. All right? And so I'm going to describe this a little bit. So our will, our, our, our heart or spirit, right, the thing that we, uh, that we uh, act out of, right, the things that are uh, interacting with us, talking about these realities, that it has. So we've got the body interacting on it, right? I'm hungry, I'm sleepy, I'm itchy, right? Somebody's hitting me, <laughs> right? We've got feelings, right? That are interacting with my will, right? Thoughts, society, right? The world, right? All of these, isn't this what this feels like? As opposed to as opposed to me being in control, doesn't it feel like everything is coming in on me? And I'm acting out of kind of like confusion? <laughs> and so it's, it's these realities, right, that are interacting with our will, heart, spirit, right, that this is why we are so wildly inconsistent that our character is not, hmm, <laughs> how would I describe my character? There's no consistent character, right? Because we let all of these things <laughs> inter, uh, interact, right? They drive, right, our heart, our will, our spirit. So, so to, kind of two more things I want you to write here, and I, we ju I just forgot the whiteboard. This would be much easier. But, um, so the first thing is that this is the, the order of dominance without God. Okay, Order of dominance without God. So body okay, is preeminent. Then the soul... then the mind, then the spirit, and then God. So the body is first, then the soul, then the mind, then the spirit, and then God. Order of dominance. So my body is preeminent. Okay? Then the next thing that's printed is my soul, my mind, my spirit, and God. So the Bible describes this in Romans 8, 5 through 7 as the mind of the flesh. So we're looking through, uh, working through Romans 8, 5 through 7 describes this. For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, and those who are according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For the mindset on the flesh is death, but the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. 
because the mindset on the flesh is hostile towards God. For it does not subject itself to the laws of God, and it's not even able to do so. Order of dominance. Body, soul, mind, spirit, God. That is indicative of a life that ends. Right? That life has no future. That if our body right, is preeminent, and God is the least influential thing in our lives, right? that life ends. Alright, but the, the order of uh, dominance with God is the exact opposite. Right? It's God, spirit, mind, soul, and body. God, spirit, mind, soul, and body. As you're looking at this, uh, as you're looking at this, and uh, and we'll wrap up here in just a second. At the diagram, as it relates to the human system on its own, talk to me about that, about what that feels like about what's hard about that as you're feeling all of these things interacting with you and I'm kind of acting out of multiple things vying for my attention, multiple things. Never satisfied. Okay. Never satisfied. I think it's really convenient to put the body first. Yeah. Very convenient. What else? I think it's confusing. Yes. That's the word. Look at each of those things. If I sit here, if, if me, Abby, Elise, right, and Caroline try to talk to Michaela at the same time, how, is that enjoyable for you? And Michaela, right here. No, no, right here. Come on. Right here. My attention. My attention. If feelings are trying to write, like, I'm, hey, I'm the most important thing. No, no, no. Society's like, I'm the most important thing. No, the body says, I'm the most important thing. Thoughts say, no, 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 I'm the most important thing. Right? Isn't that what that feels like? All the time? And so some days I may listen to one of those. Some days I may listen to the other one. I may flip-flop it every five minutes. Right? It is confusing. Is that what it feels like to everybody else? What are some other things how you might describe that? Overwhelming? Yep. Suffocating. Suffocating. Exhausting. Exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> He's confident. I like that. So, so again, look at, look at the, the circle, um, both of the circle diagrams. Right, it starts with right, our heart, spirit, and will. God's intention, right, God's intended function of the heart, spirit, will is to reach out to God and trust. That's what he wants us to do. 
when we reach out to God and trust, right, as opposed to just passively receive, right, all of those arrows, what happens to all of those arrows? Think about it for a minute. If as opposed to just kind of, if, if, all, the th- if all of the people I mentioned before are trying to talk to Michaela, right, if that's what all those errors is, and if, and if as opposed to listening to all those things and interacting with all those things, if the thing that she seeks to interact with before all those things is God, what happens to those errors? Do they get in? Do they interact with us in the same way? No, why not? We'll have a quick interaction as we click. Turn to your neighbor. Why not? So the question is... All right, real quick. If the question is, if we were to reach out to God with our heart, will, spirit... In trust, what happens to those arrows? Okay? All right, go ahead. All right. Uh, A couple people. So what happens as we seek uh, seek to intentionally reach out to God in trust instead of kind of just passively receiving all these things, what happens to those things? They're no longer passive. Yeah, they're not, right? (laughs) (laughs) I'll just hit a chord in response to whatever you say. Oh, yeah? (laughs) That was unintentional. I apologize. (laughs) No, no, that was good. That was good. That was a good tone. That was a good tone. (laughs) All right, somebody else. Right, it's active, right? I'm, I'm no longer, right, reacting. I'm no longer reacting, right? I'm acting on, on hopefully, uh, God's truth. Somebody else. Somebody else. Yes. It's like the noise quiets. We're not hearing one voice instead of everything. Yep. So what she said is the noise, the overwhelming, the, the all of it, right, it quiets. Right? That we're able to focus on one voice, right? The voice that actually is wants the good for us. Versus like success means obeying her boss. Her boss tells her what to do. Kirsten, today we're going outside. Then she gets to go to the kids. Today we're playing outside. I don't care what she thinks. (laughs) (laughs) That is great. Yes. 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 I don't care what you guys think. (laughs) I'm doing what he says. Uh, 
All right, one more. McClendon. The arrows be gone. Amen, brother. I like the specificity of that. I'm just going to erase those arrows, man. They're like, they're not coming in here. They're not coming here. They're not affecting my character. That's right. McClendon, you should end on that one. That was good. That was good. We erase the arrows, right? All right, one more. One more thought. Yeah. We can actually discern what the will is. Yeah. What God is wanting to us. Right. Kind of, you know, back, piggybacking off of, you know, that one voice. You yeah. Hear. Yeah, yeah. We can discern, right? We're not, we're not confused anymore. All the arrows be gone. All the arrows be gone. You know, write that down. So God's intended function of the will is to reach out to God and trust. And by standing in correct relation to God through our will, we can receive grace that will properly reorder the soul along with the other five components of the self. Right Then we begin, because it's only as I start to hear that one voice, right, that I want to hear that one voice, that that one voice is the thing that is most influential in my life, it's only at that point because I'm not used to listening to that voice, so my stuff's out of order. But as I begin to listen to that voice, I start to get into order. You understand that? That we've got work to do to not only listen once, but keep listening and learn that that is the thing that we do. Let's pray. Father, um, as much as we care about ourselves and as selfish as I am, so often, Father, I don't think well about what makes me who I am. But I don't listen to you to try to discern uh, myself and who I am in this world. And so, Father, I thank you um, that you want us to be ignorant no longer. Father, that you want us to understand uh, why we need to listen to that one voice, why we struggle, why we are overwhelmed, Father, why we are confused, Father, because it is all the arrows coming in at us. And Father, we, we echo what McClendon said. Father, we want the arrows to be gone from our lives. Lord, we want to be able to discern what your will is, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. As a Father, as we just continue on this weekend, Lord, I pray that this would be just the start of some really good conversations with you and with each other. Uh, Father, that we would be enamored uh, with um, what you can do in our lives and that our lives can be different. And that in turn, that we can affect others. And so would you teach us what it means to do whatever you would call us to do with all our heart. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. So we're going to uh, end with the uh, chorus. As, she's, uh, as Ariel is um, doing this, I really encourage you.